junior church, you guys are dismissed at the fourth and under. You guys are dismissed. Happy Independence Day, guys. It's awesome to be here this weekend. If you guys weren't here last weekend or still don't know who I am, I'm Craig Peterman. I'm the, uh, the intern for the summer here at St. Joe. And it is a, I want to tell you now, it is a blessing to be back in the house of God today. One of the greatest pieces of art, in my professional opinion, is a film by uh, titled The Dark Knight. Now, I'm an MCU guy 100%. For those of you who actually care and know what the MCU is, I'm 100% MCU. But when I take any one of those Marvel films and compare it to Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight, they just don't compare at all. It was just a, a well-written film with perfectly executed. And a big credit to the success of that film goes to Heath Ledger, who played Joker. Now, I want to highlight one of the Joker's lines in that movie. Help us put a scope on where we're going today. Uh, at this point in the film, the uh, Joker has been caught, and he's sitting in an interrogation room where Batman has uh, access to him. After a brief interrogation that went nothing like they planned it to go, they found that there were two bomb threats on the city of Gotham. So uh, Batman and Commissioner Gordon you know, take off and try to, to fix that issue, leaving Joker in the interrogation room with one single cop. And in that interrogation room, he says this line to the cop, who had many, many buddies got killed in the Joker schemes. Here's what he said to him. He goes, do you know why I use a knife? Guns are too quick. You can't savor all the little emotions. You see, in their last moments, people show you who they really are. We are still in this sermon series called Scattered. After Stephen's death, much of the church scattered because of the persecution of the religious leaders, primarily at the hands of the man with the name of Saul. In today's passage, we're going to take a look at one of those heroes in Acts and his character sketch after the church was scattered. You see, in times of persecution, and times of scattering, people show you who they really are. Today we'll be in the book of Acts, uh, picking, up, picking up where we la- left off last week, Acts 11, starting in verse 19. The church is still being scattered here at this point. But they're sharing about Jesus, and the church is growing, both with the Jews and the Gentiles alike. Eventually, a church in Antioch, Syria, is formed, and it's growing rapidly. So the church of Jerusalem sends a man up there by the name of Barnabas to check it out. We're going to look at the true character of Barnabas throughout today. And what he was like during a time when the church was being scattered and the church was being persecuted by the loyal Jews and their leaders. So let's take a look at that passage now. Acts 11, 19-30. It'll also be on the screen if you want to follow along. Starting 19, it reads like this. Meanwhile, the believers who had been scattered during the persecution after Stephen's death traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch of Syria. They preached the word of God only to the Jews. Now, this is where that change happens that we talked about last week with the Gentiles. However, some of the believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene began preaching to the Gentiles with the Lord Jesus. And the power of the Lord was with them. Now, a large number of these Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. And the church at Jerusalem, when they heard this, what had happened, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived, he saw the evidence of God's blessings. He was filled with joy and encouraged believers to stay 
true to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith. And many people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he spent he brought him back to Antioch, and they both stayed with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. And it was at Antioch where the Christians, or where the church was first called Christians. There they saw some of the prophets traveled from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Agabus stood up in one of the meetings predicted by the Spirit that a great famine was coming upon the entire Roman world. And this was fulfilled during the reign of Claudius. So believers in Antioch decided to send relief to the brothers and sisters in Jerusalem, and everyone giving as much as they could. They did this entrusting their gifts to Barnabas and Saul to take to the elders of the church of Jerusalem. Over the course of the next several moments, I want us to really focus on the character of Barnabas here. Who is he? What was he like? What can we learn from Barnabas? If we were to do a, a true, accurate character assessment of Barnabas, we should probably know what he was like before the scattering of the church took place. So we'll be in Acts 4. You see, you can see Barnabas for the first time. Acts 4, 36 and 37. For instance, there was Joseph, one of the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field and owned, that he owned and brought the money to the apostles. Barnabas had already a good reputation among the believers in the community before the church was scattered. He already had this good reputation about him. We see that Barnabas was devoted to the work of the church, and he committed to it. His nickname, Barnabas, means son of encouragement. And they don't give you that nickname like that just because. Now, you earn a nickname like that. In fifth and sixth grade, I was uh, given a nickname by my teacher, she called me Smart Alec all the time. That's not a nickname you just get out of the blue. You earn that nickname. Joseph earned his nickname, Barnabas. After this point, we hardly hear him called by his name, Joseph. He is only known from Barnabas from here on out. And of all the nicknames in the world, I think that would be the one that I would love to have. The son of encouragement. This is who Barnabas was before the scattering of Christians. And we don't hear any of them again until chapter 9 and here in chapter 11, when the persecution and scattering begins to take place. As we continue on doing this character sketch of Barnabas, let's see if we can learn from the passage at hand here that I just read. What was Barnabas like during this persecution and scattering of Christians? Acts 11.22 When the church of Jerusalem heard what had happened, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. Barnabas was that person who goes when he is sent. The apostles in the church of Jerusalem wanted to know what was going on in Antioch. They heard all these great news. So they sent not only the son of encouragement, Barnabas, to check things out. And Barnabas, without hesitation, just got up and left. No questions asked. He goes when he is sent. He obeys the will of God. Barnabas didn't carry out his own plans, whether it was convenient for him or not. I mean, Antioch in Syria was nearly 300 miles away from Jerusalem. This is not just a little errand he's running or, or a day trip. Now, this was a big-time commitment, and Barnabas didn't hesitate to get up and go. 
And not only does he go when he's sent, but he goes with the reaction. He wasn't reluctant to go, well, I guess the elders of the church really want me to go. I better go to Antioch. No, he was excited to go. He had the right mind to go. This reminds me of a story of two different shoe salesmen. This company sent a shoe salesman to a, a foreign country that they had no business in. And immediately when the guy gets there, he emails back his boss and, hey, I'm, I'm taking the next flight home. Nobody in this country even wears shoes. He hops, he hops on the plane, flies it back. Shoe salesman sent, the shoe company sent another salesman to that country. The guy gets there, immediately emails back to his boss. says, send me all the shoes you have. Nobody here wears shoes. This market is totally open. Two different views. How many times are, are we like the first shoe salesman? We hear God's calling, or we hear this calling to, to help out and serve, and we just reluctantly go, well, I guess I can help. But I think Barnabas is more like that second shoe salesman. He was excited to go. He had the right mind and energy for this. He was excited to meet the needs of the people in Antioch. So what would you do if you were in Barnabas' scenario? What are we doing when we're in our own scenario? Where is God sending you? God has a plan for every one of us and a will for us. But how many of us actually go when we are sent, when we are called to be sent? And if we go, do we have the right attitude, the right mindset when we go? And I don't know where that may be sending you, where God may be calling you. Could be a faraway place, could be your neighbor next door, your coworker, wherever it is. Where is God sending you? Wherever that is, whatever God's calling you, if we learn from Barnabas' example, we go when we are sent, and we have the right attitude. The next character I want to look at for Barnabas comes up in Acts eleven twenty three. Acts 11.23 reads like this. And when he arrived, he saw evidence of God's blessing, and he filled with joy. He was filled with joy at the sight of God's blessing. Seeing God's blessing, is got him excited. He was excited for this work. He was filled with joy. Because what was going on in Antioch, that's exciting stuff. New believers, a growing church. This is a brand new church. It's over 300 miles away from the original church. And the gospel was spreading rapidly, Jews and Gentiles alike. And they were believing in Jesus and turning to the Lord. They were young and energetic in faith. This is exciting stuff. And Barnabas was energized by this. He got excited with them and their faith. This reminds me of a, of a Bible study that I went to. One of my first weeks here, uh, Donnie and Casey had me go to a Bible study with them at the Harden House in Auburn. And it was really, really encouraging to see those women so excited to study the Bible. I had no, I had no expectations going into this. I had no clue what to expect. I was told that it was a, a rescue mission for women in Auburn. So I, I just kind of assumed, you know, these Bible studies are required and they have to go through this. No, that's not the case at all. They, tell me, they told us they try to have Bible studies as often as they possibly can. These women were excited and energized to learn about the Word of God. And it was encouraging to me in the faith, someone who's been in the faith for 10 years. It was exciting to see 
how excited they were, it gave me encouragement. How many of us get excited at the work of God? When was the last time we were excited for, for a new believer, or, or to hear Donnie's preaching, or to hear the word of God shared? You know, I'm not going to lie, but I didn't see anyone walk through the doors today, yipping and hollering and jumping around because they were excited to be in the house of God. I, I didn't see that. Well, when was the last time you got excited for the work of the Lord? Barnabas was a man who got excited about this stuff. Who rejoiced with other believers when they were rejoicing. The Lord was working in this brand new church. Despite it being a time of persecution, despite it being a time where they were being scattered from each other, Barnabas found joy in that time. Found joy in the work of the Lord. And he celebrated it. Let's get excited about the work of the Lord. Because it's exciting stuff. The next character trait I want to look at for Barnabas comes in the following verses. Uh, Acts 11, part of 23, and also in 24. We already read and studied a little bit about this one, but I want to go deeper with it. Acts 11, 23 and 24 says, And he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith. And many people were brought to the Lord. Barnabas was a man who encouraged others. Shocker, right? The son of encouragement encourages others. Bet you never saw that one coming. Barnabas, we see here, is still the same man before the scatter as he was after the scatter. He didn't change. He only grew. He was there building up the believers in Antioch. This was a church that was young in their faith. They were young, they were new, and they needed this encouragement of Barnabas. And I think because of the work of Antioch, how he grew, it wouldn't have grown as much as it did was of the work of Barnabas. Most of these people are, are so new to the faith. But what does Barnabas do? He comes into that new church, into that young faith, and he encourages them. They build up the believers. Encourages them to stay true to the Lord. And this was not an easy time to be a Christian. There was persecution. There was scattering. It was a hard time to be a Christian, to be a believer of God. But you know what? It was even harder to be a new Christian in this time. And Barnabas was the man that stepped up to encourage these new young Christians. This church in Antioch grew in size and became a major influence on the Christian faith. It was even, you know, a center for Christianity for a while after the Jerusalem fell. And I think it became such big influence in the world because of the work that Barnabas started here, encouraging the new believers, keeping going, building them up. It made, it, made a big, big difference. John C. Maxwell, he's a, he's a well-known Christian author, referenced a study by J.C. Stahil, which found out that the principal causes of unrest in the workplace were these following seven things. The first one, failure to give credit for suggestions. Failure to credit grievances. Number three, failure to encourage. Four, criticizing employees in front of other people. Five, failure to ask employees their opinions. Six, failure to inform employees of their progress. 
seven favoritism. These are the seven top reasons for unrest in the workplace. Even the secular world understands the power of encouragement. The majority of these seven issues can easily be solved and fixed with just a little bit of encouragement. Barnabas clearly saw the importance of encouragement here. They didn't call him the son of encouragement for no reason. Not only does encouragement built up others around us, but it is a prevention for many other issues and unrest between people. There is power and encouragement. Barnabas' whole life is evident that there is power and encouragement. This church in Antioch continued to grow. They are continuing to get bigger and stronger in their faith. Continuing to grow. Despite everything in the world that was going on around them. Despite being scattered. Despite being persecuted. Despite being put to death. It is not easy to be constantly encouraging. What role does encouragement play in your lives? How does it affect you? If, if you're like me, you love to be encouraged, but it, it's difficult to constantly be encouraging others. This was not an easy time for encouragement to take place. Barnabas noticed the power of encouragement. He stepped up to the plate. We've all seen the power of encouragement in our own lives, different ways and different forms of that. We've all seen and know how strong it can be. Let that be the motivation for us to continue to encourage others. Barnabas the men who encouraged. There's still one more character trait that we can learn from Barnabas in this passage. Acts 11, 25 and 26. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. Both of them stayed with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. It was at Antioch where the believers were first called Christians. Barnabas was a man who included others. Not only did he include others, other Christians, in the work of the church, where the however that took place, leading, encouraging, teaching, but he goes and includes the one guy who started this persecution on them, Saul. This was a man who led the torture of the Christians, put them in jail, put them to death. He started this, and that's the guy who Barnabas goes and includes in the work of the church. This would be the hardest person at this time to encourage and to bring and include in this work. That's what Barnabas does. And this wasn't even the first time that Barnabas stepped into the play with him. We see this in Acts 9, 26-27. When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet the believers, but they were all still afraid of him. They did not believe that he had truly become a believer. When Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord in the way to Damascus, how the Lord had spoken to Saul, he also told them that Saul had preached in the boldly in the name of the word, in the name of Jesus, in Damascus. Barnabas didn't even hesitate to include Saul in this work. This was once their persecutor, the guy who was the cause of their scattering, the guy who was the cause of their persecution and their suffering. He didn't hesitate to include Saul in the work of the church. Barnabas was a man who included others. didn't matter what they were from. Jews, Gentiles, new believers, old believers, outcasts. He included everyone. The Christians of Antioch were all living life together in fellowship. 
Following the example set by Barnabas, he included others. During World War II, some American soldiers took the body of their fallen buddy soldier to a small local cemetery in their town. Who was, you know, locked around with, with a basic chain link fence. And they, they, were, they got ready to begin the digging the hole and the burying process when the Catholic priest who had the church next door came by and said, You can't bury him here. He's not a Catholic. You can't include him in this cemetery. These soldiers were discouraged but not defeated. So they went outside that chain link fence and buried their buddy there outside the cemetery. After the war, they came back to, to visit the grave, and they couldn't find where they buried him. And they were discouraged, and they, they went to the, the first next door, and we talked to them, and they inquired of this. And the Catholic priest remembers that night, and he says, you know, I spent the first part of that night awake in my bed, thinking about how I, I didn't include that one soldier in our cemetery. Then I, I got up from my bed, and I spent the second part of that night moving the fence to include him. That Catholic priest couldn't survive the night after not including some dead soldier in their small little cemetery. How can we survive our conscience if we don't include living people in the work of the church? Barnabas included everyone, even a former Jewish Pharisee who persecuted them. Without Barnabas, we don't get Saul. Saul, who then becomes Paul, who was God's chosen instrument to take the word of God to the Gentiles. Without Barnabas, we don't get Saul. Can we say the same thing? Can we say that we don't limit ourselves on who we live life with? This was the character of Barnabas. It's easy to see why he's such a hero of the faith. Hard to live up to this standard. Let's grow in his example and include others. And it doesn't matter what scenario, if you're just the work of the church or including them in your life group, whatever. Let's include others. That's what Barnabas said. That's why he set that example. The guy who was hardest in life to include in the work of the church, that's who he went to include. He included others. So let's recap character, the characteristics of Barnabas here. Who was Barnabas after the scattering persecution of the church? Well, he's a man who goes when he is sent, and he goes with the right attitude. He's excited to see the blessings of God. He's excited to see the new Christians. He's also an encourager, known for encouraging others. Not just the believers, but everyone. He encourages everyone. He's also a man who includes others, whether that be in the work of the church or just doing life together. This is what we can learn about Barnabas. During a time when the church was being scattered, during a time when the per- church was being persecuted, scattered. You know, it wasn't that long ago since we were scattered as a church. Each of us quarantined to our own houses for six weeks or even more. Some of this church still being scattered. If we were to do a, a character assessment, a character sketch of our lives during our scattering, during our quarantine, and after, what would that look like for you? 
I'm going to tell you, I was not happy with the one I saw for myself. What would it look like? Would it look anything like the one of Barnabas here? That, that really makes you think, doesn't it? In your bulletins, there, there's some blank space there with lots of lines. I encourage you today or tomorrow do a character assessment of yourself. What were you like when the church was scattered? What were you like after that point? Does it look anything like Barnabas? I'm not going to lie, I wasn't happy with what I saw with myself. But I encourage all of you to take this and do this. As we leave here today, I want to leave you with this one challenge. Be an encourager. Now wait, I think you heard me wrong. I didn't say, go and encourage others. No, I said, be an encourager. Barnabas was an encourager. He set the example. He was a man who goes when he is sent. He wasn't just reluctant to go. No, he was excited to go, and he went with the right attitude. He didn't leave for any other terrible attitude. He went, he goes when he is sent, and he went with the right attitude. He's also a man who got excited the work of the Lord, the blessings of Christ. He got excited for the new believers. He got excited to walk through the doors of the house of God. He got excited to hear the word of God being shared. That's what an encourager is. He is the encourager of someone who encourages others, who builds them up, who keeps them going. He encourages those, he builds them up, and he encourages them to go forward. That's what an encourager is. He picks them up when they're down. He pushes them on to keep going. Encourage is also someone who includes others in the work of the church. Doesn't matter who they are. He included the worst of the worst. He became a hero in the faith later. That's what an encourager is. That is what an encourager is to like. How can we make our character sketch look like that of Barnabas? Barnabas set the ultimate example. It was almost it's like a template for us to follow. But it's not as easy as just copying and pasting that over. No, there's a lot of work that goes into becoming an encourager. How can you make your character sketch match that part of us? Be an encourager. Be a part of this. Someone who includes others. Someone who encourages. Someone who goes to sense with the right attitude. Someone who gets excited to work with the Lord. Be an encourager. Let's stand and sing.